Okay, hello everyone and welcome to Actus Radio, the nation's only radio program dedicated to the clinical documentation improvement profession. Actus Radio is a bi-weekly program dedicated to bringing you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news and information relevant to the CDI profession and Actus. Today, Wednesday, November 14th, marks our 109th program. So my name is Brian Murphy, Director of Actus, the Association of Clinical Documentation Improvement Specialists, and I'm your host for today's program, Building Your Personal CDI Brand. I'm joined today by my co-host at left on your screen, Alan Frady. Alan is an RNBSN, CCDS, and CCS, and is a CDI education specialist for us here at Actus. Alan teaches our clinical documentation improvement boot camps and serves as a subject matter expert. He has a background in consulting, um, as well as in uh, nursing and as uh, in coding. And um, I'm very pleased to have him back on the show. So welcome to the program, Alan. Thank you, Brian. All right. And next, I'd like to introduce uh, today's industry guest. We have with us today, Brian Kui. Brian is an RHIA CDIP and is a health information management professional with more than 15 years of experience in a variety of roles in health information technology, uh, clinical documentation improvement, adult education, and social media marketing. Uh, Brian is an advocate for HIM professionals in the CDI industry. He serves as a mentor for AHIMA. Uh, and what we're gonna be talking about today is he's the founder of Medical Coding Geek and the creator and host of Not Elsewhere Classified, which is a podcast created to share stories and insights from professionals in the medical coding, HIM, and CDI community. And what has started out as a solo tutoring opportunity has grown to be a social media brand. He's an interesting guy, and I'm pleased to have him on his first Actus Radio. So welcome, Brian. All right. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Alan, for having me. Absolutely. All right. As I always do, I'm going to start with a poll question related to today's topic. We ask you to take a look at that and choose the best option that pertains to you. Um, again, the question reads, what have you done as a CDI or coding professional to build your personal brand? Um, we're defining that you know, throughout the, the, the show today, but essentially your options are nothing, you're content with your full-time job, and believe me, CDI is a demanding full-time job. Uh, maybe you've done some writing for Actus or another association to get your name out there. Perhaps you've presented uh, at a local or national level, either at the Actus Conference, AHIMA, Nursing Conference, or another, another association. Uh, maybe you do have a social media presence or a website presence related to CDI to help get your name out there. Or, you're a full-time independent consultant or contractor, and you're dependent on creating a, that that uh, personal brand. So again, what have you done? Is it maybe you haven't done anything? Um, done some writing, done some presenting. Uh, you have a social media or website presence, such as our guest today, or uh, you're, maybe you're a full-time independent consultant or contractor. All right. Thanks for entering your results. We've got. Looks like we've got about 73% of our audience voting, so we're going to go ahead and 
close that out and we will uh, return to these poll results uh, later in the program. All right, as I mentioned, our guest today is Brian Quee. Brian, I want to welcome you again to the program and thanks for being a part of Actus Radio. Um, I know you were shocked to see how how limited our time is today, so we'll, <laughs> let's let's <laughs> let's go ahead and jump right into the to the questions that Alan and I have for you. You know, maybe you could start by telling um, the, our audience a little bit about you. You know, your background in coding and CDI, and what led you to get into the social media realm and in uh, into the education realm with Medical Coding Geek and its podcast, uh, Not Elsewhere Classified. All right. Well, again, thank you for having me on uh, ACDS Radio. It definitely is an honor uh, to give you, I guess, as we talked about the abridged version, uh, it goes back to me getting my HIM degree uh, back in 2003. I uh, got my RHIA in 2004, uh, took a position as an HIM technician uh, around that time. And once I got my RHAA, I kind of got, I guess, overzealous <laughs> and and took a director of medical records position uh, for a jail system, uh, a county jail system. So it's a five uh, jail system, plenty of inmates, 24-7 uh, medical records. So that was, uh, to say the least, challenging. Uh, so <laughs> Uh, what happened then is the where I used to work as an HM technician, the employer contacted me and said, hey, would you uh, be interested in our CDI program, which we're starting up? And this was around 2006. And I said, hey, you know what? I might as well, even though I don't think I can do the job. I, you sure you want me? And they said, yeah, we'll train you. And so uh, I took the position in 2006. And for 12 years, I've, I've been a CDI specialist since then. Uh, within, I guess, I think by 2015, so nine years later, I obtained my CDIP. Uh, but going back, it wasn't until 20, I believe, like to say 2014. So you're looking like eight years into being a CDI specialist. I, I kind of felt like I needed to do more, you know, uh, you know, doing queries, talking to physicians, reviewing charts. Not to say that it was boring, but like, I wanted, I was thriving a little bit more. And on top of that, I was also teaching for, for private universities, health information technology programs. Uh, I was teaching legal courses. I was teaching medical courses, everything. And so I felt like I've reached a certain point where I can take my talents and do a lot more. Uh, and these were attempts early on. And, I, and one of the attempts, what I wanted to do was just to find another CDI position. And during that time, it was very tough because at that time I only had my RHIA and uh, I get the, you know, I do the research and find that only RNs were now taking on the roles as CDI. So I decided, let me get my CDIP, but regardless, it was the same result. So, yeah, I was, I was stuck. So regardless, I still thrive to do something. And uh, just out of the blue, I decided, why don't I just be a medical coding tutor? Because... Uh, I think I'm an instructor. I know coding. Why not? And in, in doing research, when I typed in medical coding, there was only like two websites. <laughs> so I, I figured, yeah. hey, you know, I might as well give it a try. Uh, I put myself out there on this website. Uh, I don't think it's no longer there. But regardless, I put myself a profile, a teaching profile on my website. And all of a sudden, I started to get clients. I need you to teach me ICD-10. Well, 2015 was the time because... 
you know, it was about to be implemented that October. So I was getting crazy clients uh, trying to help people transition from ICD-9 to ICD-10. And once October hit, then automatically I saw a decline. And so I figured, hey, you know what, I need to start marketing. And one of the places that I started off was with Facebook. And I found Facebook groups and I found that a lot of medical coders and CDI professionals and HM professionals are in medical coding groups. So I uh, I want to give a shout out to Lori Woods, who actually kind of took me in in the Facebook groups world. And so as a result, I decided, you know, what? let me create my own. Uh, it used to be called medical coding support group. And so and then I also had a Facebook group, a Facebook page name called Brian Kui Private Medical Coding Tutor. I don't think that would have flown. So I asked a couple friends of mine, I said, what do you think about medical coding geek or tutor or nerd? <laughs> And I said, well, what about geek? It sounds more sociable. I said, all right, I'll take it then. And, and that was it. That was really it, the medical coding geek. And so I took that medical coding geek and people were drawn to it. And then as a result, later on, I created medical coding geeks, which basically is a reservoir, a big community of people, you know, who are aspiring to become medical coders. CDI is a, a number one topic in the group just to bring people together the same way as a CDI specialist has been brought together with uh, Actis uh, with that. So that group in itself has grown up to over maybe 8,000 8, 8, plus members. Uh, the Facebook page has grown up to over 7,000 members. I have an Instagram page uh, that grown over maybe 2,000 members. And so you see that it kind of snowballed on its own. And right. I think at a certain point, then again, I, I thrive some more. I said, well, what else can I do? <laughs> if I can grow this brand within like one to two years, I think it deserves something more. And so as a result of that, I created, I decided, you know what, let me just go into podcasting. I think I've been listening to a couple podcasts. I thought it was, it was very interesting. Uh, I found it to uh, be an up, up and coming professional tool that people can use. And so I spent a year trying to research what podcasting is, got all the equipment, the microphone, the mixers, the editing software, listen to podcasts, learn how to do storylines, production, editing, everything. And in July of 2017, I launched the podcast uh, since then. And including yourself, Brian Murphy, has been a guest on the podcast uh, and it's been, what, over a year now. Uh, and you're the last guest, twenty uh, guest twenty three. Uh, so since then, that has kind of opened a lot of doors. I mean, it opens a lot of doors when you create a brand and people go to the brand and they find like who created the brand. Oh, it's Brian, and so they come to me and now they want me to do speaking engagements, pretty much talking about what I have done and sharing my journey in creating a social media brand. That's great. I give you a lot of credit. Um, I think you made the right choice going with geek over nerd. It might be yeah. a little bit softer. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have to disagree. Everybody knows nerd beats geek. Come on, guys. <laughs> so Brian, I have a question for you. Um, famous people used to get image consultants, and now mm. it seems like everybody works on their personal branding. Even the low-level employees, you know, with the, with the advent of social media, everybody's trying to have a brand. And uh, it, why do you think that's important? I mean, there, a lot of people seem to think that you have to change jobs every two or three years in order to keep an upward career trajectory. And I found that to be true in some situations as well. But 
Is it the tenuous nature of employment, the rapid changes in health care? Is it just the times that we live in? Or what do you think? I think it's and we talked about this in our in our podcast episode. It's it's about competition, uh, especially in the CDI world. There's a lot of competition and people trying to get positions in CDI. It is very competitive and challenging. So, I think as CDI professionals, you you really have to have a leg up in the industry, and I think developing and promoting yourself uh, rather than what you do and what you know is definitely important. So you see a lot of social media stars out there, one of them being, uh, for example, let's say DJ Khaled. Uh, DJ Khaled is a, is a DJ entertainer from South Florida. And boy, have you seen his Instagram? I mean, he he promotes everything. He gets brand sponsors just by putting them on, on social media. So it gains a lot of recognition. It helps him out with his brand. It helps him out with his business. And it could do the same for you as an individual. That's great. You know, I, I think, Brian, I'm, I'm just sensing through my computer, maybe some skeptics about the time this takes. So, you know, obviously with a full-time job, it can be challenging and a, and a family. Can you talk about just maybe a little more detail about how, how and when you, you, you work on Medical Coding Geek in the podcast? Um, I know that we did our call on Sunday, so obviously yeah. this could be on, on off hours, but, you know, just any tips or suggestions for balancing the personal brand building with, you know, with full-time employment. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a full-time employee. Um, I have three kids. I have a wife of 15 years uh, and definitely trying to balance in trying to handle the medical coding geek group, uh, trying to post content on the Facebook page. Uh, and just tomorrow I have to do, you know, some editing for the next podcast episode. It, it can be tough, but I think when you have a certain passion for sharing information and because of the, the time that I've been doing it, people like it, you know, so the feedback has been, has been wonderful and well-received. And I think uh, because of that, it pushes me to do more. And the fact that I could do it at home, it's really nice. So as far as time is concerned, I do it at night. <laughs> I do it during the weekends. Uh, my kids are older now, so they're, they're kind of, you know, self-contained. They got their Fortnite, they got their, uh, YouTube, you know, and I sometimes I just during the time I have them do the lawn, maybe. Uh, so I keep them busy. So there, there's no question about having family time because we always have that. But it's just a matter of like rearranging time, uh, making sure that what you're doing, you're focusing your attention on it. I, I do find that time, but it's not like a full time gig. It's it's more like a, a side hustle per se, you know. That's great. Uh, eventually, down the line, I would like to have it a full-time gig, but right now it's a side hustle. Uh, I try to not to, I mean, as much as I, you think I can take it seriously, but I try not to because once I get a bit overwhelmed, because last just recently I had a move uh, from South Florida to Central Florida, I had to take three months off uh, from the podcast only to transition and, and get everything set. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a challenge to, to find the time, but if you are passionate about it, you'll find the time. Gotcha. And, you know, if your kids are anything like mine, you can you can hit them up for technical help. I, I, I get that quite a bit from my daughter, so better yeah. than I am. <laughs> well, Brian, they say you should uh, be the person, to take the person that you want to be and just become that. Worry about the title, the pay, and the accolades later. And that seems yeah. to be what you're doing. Uh, you know, I, I, I personally, I hate speaking in public. I hate seeing myself on video, and I'm not a big fan of writing, but I do love 
talking to people about coding and documentation. Yeah. So finding the way into that, and of course that means I have to do the other things as well. Um, just wrapping up, what would you say is the most rewarding, um, rewarding part of all of this for you personally? Well, I mean, if you don't like writing or be on video, you might as well create your own podcast too, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> I can do it at my own pace then, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah why go. not? I mean, uh, and that, yeah, so as far as, you know, what, what the benefits are is, is, is just a sense of me helping people. I think that, that was it. Um, the recognition is nice, but I think the fact that I can reach out to people and share what I have done uh, to other people uh, is a great um, is a great benefit. I think that that has has gone along has come a, a really long way from tutoring to creating a group uh, and, and then creating this podcast, which which has been growing leaps and bounds. Yeah. That's great, Brian. You know, I, I would just maybe add, and it's it's really incredible what you've done, and, and I can already see potential for maybe for our listeners who, you know, are especially when you talk about things like, um, you know, mentoring and tutoring. We get that a lot. You know, that's really what our boot camps are about. But uh, on personal one-on-one, there, I, I, I honestly can see a business for that, for new CDIs coming in that need you know, have a shadow or to be shadowed on the, on the job or to be, have someone who's just available as a resource to talk to uh, after hours or difficult cases. And so if, if there was a listener on today's show who might be interested in, in getting more involved uh, in the broader CDI and coding community and building their own brand, a side hustle, as you called it, you know, what, what, any quick tips, any recommendations, for what to do to get started? I mean, even if it's not in medical coding or CDI, I think you have to find what you can do. What is your passion? Uh, you know, it, it's. I think there are a lot of people who think, oh, I can't be that CDI brand professional because I don't know too much about CDI. Well, my answer is who cares? You know something. Uh, and because you know something, somebody else might appreciate it. So my one tip is to always constantly create con- a content no matter what level of content it is, because there's always somebody in the audience who will relate to your content. And because of the constant content that I've been creating, there's a lot of people who relate to my experience. And in the same way, I also learn uh, from their experiences as well. So once you create the content, that's where it gets the ball rolling in creating your personal brand. Now, marketing is a total entire discussion we'll probably have to have later on but that's where you begin once you have the content you share it and once you share it you gain recognition terrific well thanks brian uh really appreciate your time and uh, i'm looking forward to continuing to listen to not elsewhere classified again if someone wants to check out our interview it was a it was a lengthy uh, interview but very rewarding for me to do uh, just google not elsewhere classified and i will put a link to the program in the in the show notes at the end of today's show all right well let's go back to our poll results we did ask our attendees uh, what have you done as a cdi or coding professional to build your personal brand so probably not surprising uh, 79% have not done anything in that regard. They're content with their full-time job. Um, 3% have done some writing for Actus or another association. We appreciate that. We've got some good writers on our on our blog and in the journal. It's a great way to get started. 
Uh, 16% have presented at a conference, maybe locally at their chapter or at a national level. Uh, 1% do have, maintain some type of social media or website presence related to CDI. And another 1% of our listeners have gone the full route of independent consultant or contractor. So those are our results. Uh, any thoughts, Brian? Anything surprise you there at all? Or well, I'm not surprised possible? because with the seven, with the 75 per, 79 percent, that's that's where my work comes in, <laughs> you know. Uh, right. And I, I do a lot of speaking engagements just on that, getting people out of the cubicles, uh, stop becoming keyboard warriors or keyboard uh, commandos, and 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 make purpose of what you know and what you. Uh, can talk about. It doesn't have to be on CDI. It could be something about CDI, something story-related, something in terms of an experience. Uh, so I think people are kind of reserved in that area, but I think once you kind of break out of your shell, it, it, it'll, it'll benefit. Right. That's great advice. Any thoughts, Alan, on that poll results? I'm, in, I'm encouraged that 20% of the people are active in some way. I think that's a good that's a good population, to be honest with you. Right. Yeah, me too. You know, I, I, I think it doesn't surprise me that the highest percentage is speakers because we, we, we do encourage folks to speak at the conference and share their best practices and case studies. And uh, it seems this, uh, I don't know, the, the audience in CDI, they're, they're comfortable talking to physicians. And so they, 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 that seems to be a good outing outlet for them. But, um, You've given some great advice, Brian, today on pursuing perhaps, you know, more formal uh, brand building, be it writing, be it podcasting, and and I uh, would encourage our members to consider the same. It's not for everybody, but um, it can be very rewarding. All right, let's move on to our In the News segment. Again, In the News is a regular segment featuring the latest news and industry updates relevant to the CDI profession. Today, I wanted to discuss an important news story related to the uh, CMS proposed rule on Medicare Advantage. I don't know if you've all seen that yet. I did um, include a, this is the proposed rule itself in all its glory, 362 pages of, of uh, Times New Roman text, uh, tough to read, but there there is a link to it, which I'll provide after the show notes. But how I came across this article was in, um, Fierce Healthcare, they did a, a, a piece on this. Essentially, so this was part, um, the, the Medicare Advantage rule is, is lengthy. There's a lot of elements to it, but there was a piece in here that uh, is very relevant to CDI. So uh, just to summarize this Fierce Healthcare article, an overlooked portion of the proposed rule released by the Trump administration could turn out to be a significant financial headwind for Medicare Advantage and insurers. So, you know, the, the majority of this proposal was touting the new telehealth flexibilities for Medicare Advantage plans for 2020. But within that rule um, is also a significant change to the way that uh, CMS will audit Medicare Advantage insurers, um, and that will introduce the, um, the dreaded extrapolation from its data generated from risk adjustment audits. So... Um, since plans are reimbursed based on each member's sickness level, CMS uses risk adjustment data validation or RADV audits to ensure that the data submitted by insurers matches the patient's diagnoses. So, you know, traditional um, 
unlike traditional provider audits for uh, Medicare, data from RADV audits have not in the past been extrapolated. So they, they give an example of CMS audits 100 members, 12 are found to have improper payments. That Medicare Advantage plan is only responsible for paying back overpayments in those 12 identified cases. However, this proposed rule is, is proposing, and I want to reiterate again, this is a proposed change, this is not final, but proposing that um, to extrapolate those findings, meaning insurers could be on the hook for much higher recruitments. Um, again, I'll just click over here to the rule itself, and you can uh, search on the term extrapolation as I did and read the actual uh, rule itself. But um, the quote from the rule is, we would, based on longstanding case law and best practices from HHS and other federal agencies, establish that extrapolation and RADV audits may be utilized as valid part of audit authority in Part C. And um, if you go back to the uh, article here from Fierce Healthcare, CMS expects to recover 4.5 billion, B billion over the next 10 years due to this change, including 1 billion in 2020. Um, obviously, this could put, if it is pushed through to final, a much higher degree of risk on CDI programs that are based around HCCs and optimizing reimbursement for Medicare Advantage patients. This is a common CDI model. We saw this last week um, at our Actus Symposium. It's it's a it's something you know that it's it's not a fraudulent practice but you just have to make sure that those conditions exist and are supported in the record because the danger here is again the the uh, proposal to move towards extrapolation so some big news that you might want to share if you're working as part of a outpatient CDI program or you have a Medicare Advantage contract um, I encourage you to check out these articles again I will post links to these uh, in the post show notes any thoughts brian or alan on the on this breaking news um just i guess listening to it and and kind of understanding what's been going on it sounds like to me if i if i had to respond to this article as a cdi uh it sounds like the program needs to tighten up even though it's proposed when i say tighten up tighten up your practices tighten up your policies uh, making sure you're not just hunting <laughs> rather than, right. uh, but you want to make sure that you're validating. And and when you have a solid policy uh, for those conditions, I don't think you would have any issue. Right. Any thoughts, Alan, on this at all? I've never been a huge fan of the concept of extrapolation. It almost seems like a form of profiling. Uh, you know, one criminal lives in your neighborhood, then there must be, uh, you must be one too, right? We found one mistake, so there must be one, there must be the equal amount of mistakes in all of your other records. I don't like that. Uh, I don't know right. that, that that's really a valid way of looking at things. Uh, but just like Brian was saying, if you make sure that your diagnoses are supported, and that's the piece that's often missing, we know when physicians do their own coding, or when you get in too big of a hurry and you don't uh, spell out the full story, you have to really read between the lines to see the medical decision making and the uh, diagnosis is so far hidden that it's kind of hard to make your case for it. And that's what gets you in trouble. I did see one additional piece in here that they were also uh, maybe changing their methodology. There was a, another adjustment with this extrapolation. It was called the fee-for-service diagnosis adjustment. And that was going back to 2012 and they were it was supposed to offset some of the payment bias because as you know 
fee-for-service and traditional RADV auditors are all using different uh, methodologies. Fee-for-service is one thing, RADV audits another, and the original model that was used to construct ACCs is almost a third set of criteria. And because of that, there was an expectation that there would be coding errors just built into the, the, the difference in the three processes. CMS did an audit and, you know, on October 26 said that we are not seeing the error rate created by these differences in the methodology. So we're also going to take away uh, the fee-for-service uh, diagnosis adjustment. So there's an additional change in the methodology that could even hit the, the payers even that much more if it goes through. Right. I kind of agree with you, Alan. Extrapolation to me is is problematic. I mean, I, I get it, but if you're if you're self-selecting a certain number of high error-prone records, and then you're extrapolating that they all must contain this. You know, the the the, the danger is the formula you're using to, to to deduce which records need to be extrapolated is can be can have an error in it. You know, if if there's it opens up some issues and. Uh, We'll see if this is pushed through to to final. I have to think there's going to be some pushback against this in the comment period, but um, stay tuned for more on this proposal. All right, we're going to wrap up here quickly with an Actus update. Just want to let our members know that the 2019 CDI Pocket Guide is now available for purchase. Uh, this has become the nation's most indispensable resource for CDI professionals, at least from our perspective here at Actus. Very popular book published by Richard Pinson and Cynthia Tang. Uh, this book is updated each year based on the changes in the IPPS rule, coding clinics, and the latest clinical criteria published in the medical literature. Uh, the 2019 has some important updates. I'm not going to read them all here, but you, you can read some of them about. Um, you can read about them here on the website on HC Marketplace. You know the new MI fourth universal definition of MI is in there. Uh, revamp of malnutrition and Aspen clinical guidelines, several new key reference topics, uh, some important coding difference, including the clarification of diabetic compli complications and the with coding guidelines, as well as some HCC updates. So uh, check out the 2019 pocket guide and uh, consider, consider buying it if you haven't already. Uh, it's available again for purchase on hcmarketplace.com. All right. Well, that is going to do it for today's edition of Actus Radio. Again, want to thank Brian for coming on the show. Great job today, Brian, and great job with your uh, with with your venture with Medical Coding Geek and not elsewhere classified. Um, but since we missed a week while we were at the symposium last week, and it was great seeing our members out there in Orlando at our Actus Symposium, we are going to come back for a program in just one week. A little off cadence, but we're getting caught up. So I hope you can join us next Wednesday, November 21st, for our next program, Learning with Actus Local Chapters. We're going to have a, a, a really engaged Actus Local Chapter leader on to talk about what they're doing. So as always, if you have any suggestions for future guests, ideas about the format of the show, I encourage you to email me. That's how I get my ideas. And uh, you can reach me at bmurphy at actus.org. That will do it. We'll see you back here in one week. And take care, everyone.